Hey, besties. My name's Lisa. And my name's Tamara, and we're BFFs. Tamara and I met when we were about 12 years old, growing up in good old Fairbanks, Alaska. And we've been best friends forever since. That's right. And that's why we've decided to have some fun, friendly conversations with the bestest of best friends. We'll talk about how we became best friends, our experiences together, and have other best friends on the show to share how they met. Who knows? You never know when you'll meet your next BFF. Now let's get into it. How I met my BFF. Welcome to another episode of How I Met My BFF. Hi, Tamara. Hey, Lisa. Okay, so I'm good. We did a lot since we've last talked because we had Christmas and New Year's and all the things that go with all of those things. And I think the last episode, I remember sharing that I was going to go to the Depeche Mode concert, which Mm -hmm. I did. It was amazing. And so I did that. That was in LA. Super, super cool. I you know, surprisingly, they played so many songs and so many of them I didn't know. I'm stuck in, I think I'm stuck on the Violator album. I'm stuck on like 101 singles, like all the 80s, 90s. And then they've done a bunch of stuff since then. I'm like, I do not know any of these songs, but they were still really good. And I could see the younger people knew all the words. So I have some, I have some work to do and that's okay. But it was a really powerful experience. I would go do it again. And his voice was incredible. The music was incredible. And I loved every minute of it. Um, and then Christmas and New Year's was awesome too. But I didn't want to leave everyone hanging wondering how the concert went. How about you? How did the, how did the, uh, what did you do? The 12 bars of Christmas, I think, oh, was your, where we left off. <laughs> I um, ended up helping a friend that day with, uh, she sells chocolates. So I ended up helping her at, uh, Christmas event. And then, so I didn't go to the 12 bars of Christmas until they were, I want to say nine bars in or eight bars in. So it was actually quite amusing. Um, my people or my, you know, friends who had been out since two o'clock in the afternoon. I think I was able to meet up with them at about nine and, um, they were quite entertaining. Um, I went out to three more bars with them and then I called it good, but, um, yeah, it was it was fun. You know, it was our annual going around downtown and it was crazy at the same time because there's a huge thing happening here in Missoula or also in Montana, but the Grizz football team has made it to the championships. So and exciting. So it was the night that they played and they won the most epic game ever in football history. <laughs> if you're into that. Um, and it's not, yeah. It So downtown Missoula, Montana was crazy insane. Um, and it snowed. So yeah, it was a fun night. And yes, of course we had Christmas and New Year's and, um, well, wait happy- a second. Who won the football game? We got to know. The who- Grizz. <laughs> of course. Of co- how could it be any well, other team? Of course. It's, well, it's a huge deal because, um, right. this weekend they're playing the national championships in Texas. Wow. Oh. So they even like chartered pri- like planes to take people, there was a huge kind of parade on, uh, I don't know, whatever. I'm, I'm not a huge football person, as you know. And for those of you in England, yes, I know we're talking about not your football. football. American football. 
yeah, American football, which I like your guys' football better. But <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> no, well, that so brings us to our, our guests, exciting. though, actually, yes, because yeah. we have some international guests. And I'm excited because this is our first romantic couple. And when we talk about romantic couples, this is like romantic couple, like model romantic couple, like the the best of the tippy top romantic couple. <laughs> I can't oh, wait for them to be on our show. So Mishak and Annabelle, welcome all the way from England. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Tamara. Really appreciate it. And if you could see them, they're matching. Their outfits are so cute. I love, they're like, I don't even know. I don't know how this happened. (laughs) I don't know how this happened. It wasn't intentional. There was no conversation about it. We just showed up. I I think someone else is the brains behind their operation here. You know, (laughs) (laughs) must have been, must have been. No, I love it. So typically we start off by just sharing. Well, we usually say, how did you meet? So let's just, you're in a romantic relationship, but you're also best friends. So how did you meet? We'll just ask our usual questions. Annabelle, do you want to start us off? Yes. Yes. So we met in a choir. We were 16. Meshach's a singer. I'm a singer. Um, and Meshach was in a male vocal harmony group, mm-hmm. boy band. Um, he's, <laughs> he's in the group. And he was from West London. I was from South London. There was an audition to join this choir, which was very eclectic. They had jazz singers, rock singers, R&B singers, soul singers. They had all these different singers. So I I trekked, I made my pilgrimage all the way from South London to West London to um, where they did this in, in Meshach's high school. And it was an after-school program. Um, I auditioned, I got in, I was also in a female harm, vocal harmony group, girl band, um, at the time. And, uh, I met Meshach with, yeah, we were 16 years old at the time. I always say I was 15 going on 16. It's debatable because he's got a memory like an ox, but anyway. Um, and when I first met him, I thought he was a very lovely, strange young man. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we just kind of, he was just really, really easy to talk to. I was a bit of a chatterbox. Um, yeah, and that's, that's when we met. So we met when we were 16 in a choir. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mishak, what, is, what's your version of the story? My version of the story is similar. I will make the addition that that was 20, nearly 23 years ago now. Yeah, 23, wow. mm, 22 years ago, should I say? 22 years ago. So. A lot of time has transpired. A lot of experiences have been had. And I will say this, that we didn't hit it off straight away in the mm-hmm. sense of becoming best friends. It took a little bit of warming up. We were part of this, uh, this choir, which was a collective of different individuals with different personalities and characters and, and gifts. And we all just somewhat came together as a collective and had our unique little pockets, pockets of friendships. And then slowly but surely, a, a Two, two and a half years later, our relationship started to emerge and the rest is really history in regard to that. But you were just really easy to talk to. I remember when we did, when, when we got, when I got past the strange young man. (laughs) What? All right, baby, you have to tell Lisa and Tamara what you're talking. When you say strange young man, let's be specific. Let's get into the details. He was just like, when I met him, he was kind of like a brooding teenager. So it was kind of like very, 
very passionate, I think, for his age. He was very passionate about what he did, which I really, really admired and respected, but just a man of few words, a boy of few words. So it was kind of like one word answers or answering via another friend. But then once, once we kind of like grew in friendship together, it was, he was so easy to talk to. And Misha, like somebody like everyone, you seem to get on with everybody. So he was just really, really easy to talk to. So it was like, oh, he's really cool. And he, we got so close, he'd know when my cycle was. Oh. And I could talk to him, like literally we got that close. And he, he, he was just, it was like talking to myself. And in relation to Annabelle, speaking of the ease at which or in which our conversations used to come about, it got to the point that one of Annabelle's long-standing friends that she used to go to school with then may have been in some cases having some issues with boys or in relationships or with friendships. And Annabelle would advise her to call me to talk to me because she said how easy I was to talk to. And we weren't even an item at this point and we weren't officially best friends as it were, but that's the way, that's the way it flowed. Hmm. So what, when did you, when did it start to turn from this? I, we know each other to the best friend relationship. Sounds like it took a little bit of a time. Yeah. I think, I think it was the intimate shares. Like situations with boys or friends. I think it's like maybe that I think the first time maybe I felt like I needed to be emotional in front of him. You know, sometimes when you, you're like, oh, it's actually okay for me to cry here. Or so mm-hmm. it's okay for me to share this thing here. And there was, there was a feeling of like no judgment. And like I said, he was a man of such few words then. I remember I was really being really emotional about something and he just hugged me one day and I was like, Oh, it's okay for me to be emotional here. And it's fine. And you know, like with any friendship, once you've, once you've been vulnerable with a friend and they don't judge you and they make you feel safe from there, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep, you know, that's Mm -hmm. it. And then after that, so on top of all the conversations we've been having and sharing ourselves bit by bit, I think for me, the first time I was emotional in front of him and he just held space for me, was a gentleman. Again, there was nothing. We were, we were so platonic in our friendship then. And it was so that I could literally just come to his house and just sit there whilst he played piano. Mm-hmm. I'd just sit on his bed or, or be able to go downstairs and make myself something to eat. And it was just, it was just easy. Mm. It was just easy. Okay. And yeah, so the first time I was vulnerable, I was like, okay. I think I'd like to keep this one. <laughs> How about you, Mishak? When did you feel like, oh, now we're in the best friend zone? I feel it was it was really organic and it, it happened over the course of two years years or so. But I would say towards the end of that two years when it started to really become apparent that, as Annabelle said, I'm going to keep this one or I'm going to add this one to into the group of closest friends. It was there was a real sense that, and for me, as I, I, I we, we process things differently, especially at, in our teen years, Annabelle was a lot more, I would say, emotionally aware, emotionally intelligent, if you will. So for me, it was more just like, oh, she's really, really cool. She is really cool. I, I really enjoy speaking to her. I really enjoy spending time with her. And there were a couple of other friends, as, as, as we've said, that were part of this pocket that we used to, that used to be part of the meetups. And it just so happened that gradually over time, 
there were more frequent meetups where mm. she would come, Annabelle would come over to my house. It wasn't, I used to venture over to her side every now and then over to South London, but because a lot of the friends that were in this pocket of friends were in West London, Annabelle used to make her way from South London to West London more often. I didn't really want people in my house as well. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, yeah, it started to organically become apparent that Annabelle is really cool. I really enjoy her company. We obviously have music in common and it seems that we have more than music in common because we just enjoy spending time in the same space and talking about anything and everything that comes up. And then I do distinctly remember this occasion on which Annabelle was speaking about where she hugged me because she was upset. She was emotional and I hugged her. And although it was platonic, I do remember feeling in that moment, not that there was something else, not that there was something beyond our platonic relationship, but that there was just, there was something in the air in that hug. And then the hug, we finished hugging and then it was no more. But in that moment, now, you know, retrospectively harking back to that, it's like, wow, that was, that was maybe the tiny little seed that <laughs> led to us eventually, what, I don't, six months, a year later, getting back yeah, together, right. getting together. But men and women can be friends. <laughs> men and women can be friends. This is true. Sure. Wow. <laughs> so now typically we would, we would stick on the friendship side but since you are in a romantic relationship i mean tamara i don't know about you but i'm i'm pretty curious how that jumped over how did you go from platonic to non-platonic oh, i knew it was coming do you know what's so, do you know what's funny so before that there was we were in like a little uh what they call the three musketeers so it was yeah. myself meshach and our other friend mm -hmm. and the three of us just used to go everywhere together yeah. And I guess sometimes when you have that sort of dynamic, what can happen historically is two start to click more than the other one with no kind of like malice or anything. Sometimes that does happen. Um, but all I can, all, all I can explain, we always pin it down to this one day. We were all at a friend's house, having a good time, just being teens, yeah, everyone was... up in different parts of the house. And there was just this magnetic pull that had never, ever been there before. It's the only way for me to describe it because there was no lead up. There was no, you know, we both reached for the ketchup at the same time. It literally was a moment before that moment, we were completely friends. And the moment after it was like the universe just got us to see each other. And it was like, <gasps> and then we had a cheeky kiss. And then from that day, it was mayhem <laughs> wow. that's beautiful do Is we that... need another side of the story of that <laughs> do you have anything to add <laughs> oh I, i'm i'm a really shy guy by the way ladies i'm a really shy guy uh-huh uh, so I, I don't know how much i can share without blushing but no it was th there is another version of events that's very much the um you know the kind of curated version as it were there is another element that I'm reminded of. And in addition to what Annabelle said, and it is that we were in a room together and the thing that changed the energy in the room was that Annabelle's friend, who I, I mentioned a, a moment yes. ago about her friend that she advised to call, call to speak to me about issues emotionally and stuff. 
her friend called Annabelle. Annabelle's friend called her and Annabelle picked up the phone and then her friend said, where are you? And Annabelle said, was meant to say our friend's name, but said, I'm at Meshach's and then kind of it was a, jerked, it was a Freudian, Freudian slip. slip. So I remember being in the room and hearing that and my ears pricking up and being like, hmm, why did that happen? That's never happened before. And Annabelle finished the conversation within a minute or so and then put the phone down. And then there was just this tension that you could cut with a knife in the room out of nowhere. And then I think Annabelle felt the, the tension in the air because she started to make a beeline for the door. <laughs> I fled. <laughs> and I ran over and grabbed her. And that's when the kiss uh, happened. Wow. So for me, that the switch in energy was literally a moment in time where there's this line that was drawn in, in our history together. The, the line, let's say the, the, the BC line was, you know, no interest in each other, no expectation of each other in that area. And then the AD <laughs> line is like, wow, we're just into each other. Mm. And then we had from that point on a lot of ups and downs because we were still trying to figure out how to navigate this friendship of ours yeah. and now getting a bit more serious and, and having stepped over the, the platonic into the romantic side of things. But what's mm. great is we, I think, what's kept us is the friendship. Yeah, beyond a shadow. Because we get to build on it. It's like, I still want him to go out and do all the things he wants to do and vice versa. And we still get to talk about life from a mm. very, very much so a friendship view. We still, yeah. we still get to discuss. And I'm really grateful that we have that. Because yeah. it, it stops things being so serious sometimes. Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah, I, one of my questions for you both is, you know, I've had many men in my life who were, you know, were actually really good friends, but I just have never, you know, we kind of made it clear not to cross that line. And then, you know, I also have people in my life who are like, oh, men and women can never be friends without it turning romantic. So I guess, you know, for my question for you is, you know, how, what was, you know, how have you guys been able to keep the friendship, but also continue into a romantic space? I think, again, it's just, it's part of the foundation of us. So it's the way that we communicate, it's the yeah. things we do together. We still go out and have fun. So when we, in our formative years of our friendship, we used to go to dance classes together, like often Misha was the only guy in the class. Um, we used to go to the cinema together. We used to just like watch. Yeah, there was lots of film watching, actually. A lot of that. There were lots of deep discussions. There's lots of sharing ourselves. We never stopped sharing ourselves. We always, you know, are always asking ourselves like what we want out of life. That's always a, that's always a thing. We actually share a friendship circle, which is really, really cool. Um, so there's, yeah, we, we just continue to, to communicate in a way that is bringing the best out of the other one. If we're ever in a social setting, we're able to turn on that friendship thing and kind of observe spaces, have a little giggle together or, or people watch or whatever it is. So it's just, I think it's the way we share. We share very much from a place of wanting the best for each other, even regardless of, you know, the wonderful sacred union that we have together, we still want the best for each other, like in this lifetime as, mm. and that speaks to the, to the friendship that we still have. 
Yeah, and for for me, and this is something which naturally being together, we've been together for nearly 20 years now. This is about to be our 20th year married. This is our 13th year of marriage. Wow. And there's been a, a lot of development, a lot of deprogramming, a lot of unlearning, un- unlearning, relearning and everything else in between. And one thing that we can say now more than ever is that we really, and this is really echoing what Annabelle said, is that we really want the best for each other. And we know that each of us have come as individuals to have an adventure here on this planet. And we want to give each other the space to to do that, to experience Mm. that adventure and be supporters of that and join each other alongside each other or join alongside each other in that process so that we can really be the best cheerleaders, as it were, for each other. And that's just, that's one aspect of our sacred union. There are many other aspects, but as far as the friendship is concerned, really taking seriously that. And this is something that I really came to the realization of when we were in a, at a breakdown point in our relationship, a big breakdown point before we had a major transformation is that I don't own Annabelle and vice versa. Annabelle doesn't own me. We've chosen and we're choosing to embark on the quote unquote romantic side together, but she's come here to have this experience as have I. So that's what really enables us nowadays, nearly 20 years in to still have the the vision that we have for our relationship, our sacred union to still have that trajectory, but also give each other that freedom and that space to explore and express ourselves as well. Does that make sense? Wow. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any brothers, Mishak? Do you have any, uh, anyone, Tamara, Tamara, maybe in Missoula, Montana, uh, moving over here anytime soon? Well, um, yeah, funny exactly. enough, yes, I have five brothers kidding, right I'm in that kidding. location. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> um, the, I think, yeah, what I take away from both of you is just the huge amount of respect you have for one another. And that yeah. is so important, not just in a marriage, but in a friendship as well. Like, so um, that's amazing after, you know, 20 plus years. Um, Good job. <laughs> you guys both you. <laughs> Well, and I had the pleasure of talking with both of you, you know, I think it was a couple months ago. So I know a little bit about a little bit, but I, I'd love for you to share with, with our besties and and so Tamara can hear as well just what you do prof- actually what you do professionally because it is connected to what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And I remember Annabelle sharing and you touched on it just a moment ago, Mishaka, there was, you were married, there were some challenges and then you overcame them, but give, fill in a little bit of the blanks for us of like, what do you do now? And how did you do that? Yeah, absolutely. We, as we said, we met in a choir, both as singers and we've been singers ever since on some level or another. We do do music professionally. In fact, I've just come back from the Maldives. I was in the Maldives for six or seven days mm-hmm. for New Year's. We had a show over in the Maldives, which oh. was an absolutely incredible experience. And it's definitely a, a bucket list yeah. item that's been ticked off. So music is one thing. The secondary thing, or not the secondary thing, but the second thing I will say is that we are intimacy alchemists. So about a year or so ago, maybe a bit more, we decided after years of being asked by friends and associates, etc., being asked what we do to keep our relationship alive and to be connected and so intimate and in love with each other, we decided to start sharing 
what we know, our methodology that we've used and the framework we've used for our sacred union. We started to share that with the world as it were. Um, so we've got a methodology that we created for ourselves called the 1% Lovers Transformation Method. And we have this vision to make what we call 1% Love a global phenomenon. So by 1% Love, what we mean is the type of love that people see in couples or those who are in relationships and say, wow, how are they so connected? How are they so in, in tune? How are they so in love? What do I need to do to have a love like that? And it's really what, the reason why we call it 1% love is, is it's because it's, you know, only what, like 99% of the population of couples are not going to do what's necessary, mutually do what's necessary in order to have that type of love. So we call it 1% love for that, that reason. So that's what we do. We, we empower couples to transform their relationships within 30 days using our methodology. I mean, we mainly help couples that love each other, but don't like each other mm. to find the tools within those 30 days that they were with us. Yeah. So that's a little bit about us. Tell us the website again, just because I know there's a one in there and a percent. So just, is it one O-N-E, one percent spelled out or tell us the website. So our main website is the Spooner State. So our, you'll find us on, on social media as the Spooner State, which is T-H-E Spooner, S-P-O-O-N-E-R, State, S-T-A-T-E. So it's the SpoonerState.com. Spooner is actually our surname. And then by the Spooner State, we mean the condition of the Spooners, the estate of the Spooners, the legacy of the Spooners. So, um, yeah, that, that then leads on to the 1% Lovers yeah. website, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. okay. Just want to make sure. Didn't get it yes. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Annabelle, you had shared with me, I think it was you, um, how you two were kind of prompted to, to decide to commit to do the work. Tell us a little bit about that in your own your own relationship because I'm sure that affects your best friendship too right no, yeah it really does so and and that's such a an amazing point you make so we were adamant we did not want to discuss our relationship publicly like online with our friends we weren't going to do that because we wanted to protect it and you know keep our friendship intact so that there weren't too many voices in our relationship to you know the same too many cooks in the kitchen um, so that's what we, we were adamant. We were sold on that. We were going to have our own little village over here in the darkness and people could come in and out they please, but we would never step out. Then we were talking, we were kind of reflecting over the, you know, the journey of our relationship and saying, you know, it would have been so much easier if someone just gave us this when it was hard and gone, here you go, have this, this is going to help you. And then, um, there was a friend of ours. Because with our close friends, we do have a lot of our open discussions, which is what's on our Instagram page, where we're sharing what's actually going on and we let people sit in on them. And then our friend, you know, there was something she said, you know, you really need to share this. And there was just something different. You know, sometimes you, someone can tell you something in the wrong season and it doesn't really take effect. But then there's something about it being said in the right same thing in a different season. You're like, oh, OK, actually. So we've got two sons. And we were saying how important it is for us because we're all about legacy. What are we going to leave behind? So we thought, you know, if we have something we can give our sons so that they can learn to communicate with themselves, with their friends, with their lovers after we're not here, that's going to make life easier. So we stopped at that and we were like, yeah, that's going to be good. So let's like let's continue, like, continue to share. Then we were thought, then we thought, you know what? 
there are lots of people asking us about how we've done it. Lots of people that know how hard it was, especially people that are close to us. And then we thought about being of service. Now that is something that I in particular have run screaming away from because I'm like, I don't want the responsibility of telling people what to do, but being of service means that you want to help. Being of service means it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about the result for other people. It's about providing people with tools. It's about sharing. That's what, what makes the world go around. So we were like, okay, maybe we should do this. So like one of the first videos is on our Instagram was us at home, how we always talk. And we're just like, let's just share that. And that was kind of like ripping the bandaid off saying, okay, we're here. This is, this is how we choose to love each other. This is what we do. And then from there, it just became like easy and, and realizing this is an unlimited supply that we have, as does everyone, um, with whatever giftings they have. But we realized we wanted to leave a legacy of tools and love globally so people can, can literally alchemize their intimacy so they can make good of bad situations. We both come from not the best examples of how to love one another. And um, we've made something really, really, that we're really proud of, that we want to share now. Mm. We're passionate about sharing now. Hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. And then I know we're, we're wrap, getting close to our time, but <clears throat> in, the, in the theme of best friendship, as you think about each other as not just husband and wife, but um, best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mishak, can you share what you, what qualities Annabelle has that you absolutely love? And then we'll ask Annabelle the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there were obviously so many, or at least from my perspective, there were obviously so many. I think that this amazing woman, this goddess, as I call her, is her care and consideration and her stand for me personally, but not only me, her, and and it's not just her consideration, care and her stand for me or others, but it's also her, her real, like she's got such a vulnerability within that care and consideration that she really creates a safe space. She creates a safe space for me. She creates a safe space for others to really just be themselves. And there are a plethora of other amazing qualities and characteristics that she has. But in, in this moment right now, I'm just thinking about how vulnerable and how open she is. And that really, that has given me permission to be open and vulnerable. And particularly as a man, being able to tap into my quote unquote feminine energy or feminine side has been really facilitated by her demonstration of how to be vulnerable and open. So I love that side of her. Mm, And that's what's come to mind for me. Okay, Annabelle, your turn. You didn't tell them how funny I was, how banging my cooking is. (laughs) (laughs) Too numerous to name, baby. I had to choose something. It's like we only have, you know, on a time time change or time schedule. Exactly. Um, Meshach is always what you see is what you get. He, when... When you need to hear what the plain truth is with consideration and care, he's the guy for that. He's actually really funny because it was always a deal breaker for me growing up. I was like, my husband has to be funny. And when I first met Misha, I didn't necessarily, I didn't put him into that box, but he actually makes me laugh so, so, so much. And there are things that I don't know if anyone would see, but I just find him hilarious. 
<laughs> he gives the best hugs. Literally the best hugs. I think that anyone that's met you knows that you give the best hugs. Um, he's just like a big bear. <laughs> and, um, he's a wicked dance partner. When we go out, I sometimes, he's the sort of person, even if you can dance, you dance alongside and then you're like, let me just let him do it. Um, I love watching him dance. I love, he just goes into his own little, world and he he's such a great dancer but yeah he's like electric when he dances so that's mm. something i love about him and we just we i can we can just laugh and laugh and laugh and his memory he's got a fantastic all right you're giving a list memory. now and now i'm like i'm, no, 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 I'm inspired no, no. to keep on sharing you done yours. You done I, I didn't know we had this type of license you to just asked the question on. and you asked all right, cool. <laughs> no it's fine but yeah, there's there's so many. I'm never and I'm never, never, never bored. I'm never ever bored of him. There's always I something new. Yeah, and he's just like water. He's just like Aww. chill. Yeah. Well, I think it's amazing. I mean, you you guys have like a trifecta. You have best friendship, love, marriage, and then now working with one another. So that is amazing. And you you, you do it. It appears that you have such light and grace around you. So, wow. Um, my, I guess my favorite questions that I would like to ask in these is, since you guys are together, which is lovely, but it's not always to be interview people who are in the same proximity. Um, what are you going to do for fun after getting off of this interview? Oh, well, you know what I want to do. What do you want to do? <laughs> questions. I'm always questions i've got i i we've got loads of we're actually working on our own at the moment like, um, a card, like card, card games but yeah. we ask i love to get like these deep meaningful chats mm. love so it i'll Me go too. and find you know what's the lot the latest questions were the 36 questions to make you fall in love mm. oh yes yeah yeah, yeah 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 so we started answering those it's just oh. questions yeah they're a lot of fun they're interesting it gets deeper and deeper as you go yeah. yeah, we find that just asking one question can lead to a two-hour conversation because it yeah. just springboards or acts as a springboard. So I really find it fun as well. And I'm looking forward to it. So you want to do that after this interview? Oh, 100%. All right, cool, baby. We're going to do that. <laughs> okay, 3 a.m. Here we go. <laughs> I, I'm still getting over the jet lag. Yeah, and, he's and, so jet lagged. And Aww. we had such an amazing time in the Maldives that there were so many amazing moments that we had to pull all nighters. We pulled about three all nighters because we were just so excited by everything that was going on. So and I was watching. To, I was watching from England on Instagram. Like, yeah. happy for so happy for him, but freezing my backside. <laughs> yeah, but I'm really happy. I was just so happy to see. He's like, I'm. I swam with sharks today. Yeah. Oh, I oh. swam with sharks in an uncontrolled environment with a couple of my friends. We went swimming. We were, we were told that there were sharks that swam in those waters, but when, and we were snorkeling by the way. So went under, un, came out into the open ocean and then underneath, like, you know, with the snorkel on, I saw about maybe 10 meters away a shark. I mean, we're talking about not great white sharks, but, but definitely like two meters, two meters or so long. Like they were real they were life. Dangerous sharks, and we swam with them, and it was absolutely amazing. I don't do that. Annabelle oh. doesn't do that. Yeah, don't put me down for that. I do not want to do that. But, uh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. 
Oh my gosh. Um, well, like I, I, I typically say, you know, you never, you honestly, you never know when you're going to meet your best friend. It could be, it could be someone from your childhood, your teenage years, or going to audition for something or a hobby that you have. And all of a sudden you find Mm. them. You just find yeah, them. This is it. So, yeah, thank you so much, much so. for being on our show. We loved meeting you. I, I'm meeting you again. Tamara, any parting words? Yes. Thanks for being on. It, it's been a pleasure to interview the both of you and um, kind of, you know, change it up a bit where it's not just best friends, but also a married couple and a working couple together. So thank you. And thanks for tuning in from England. Wow. We're honored. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for having us. And long live your best friendship. Yes. So important. Yes. Yeah, Thank love you. what you're doing. Happy Providing New Year space. to you as Happy well. Happy New Year. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye. Hey, Bestie. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button to get notified of new episodes and check out cool Bestie gift ideas at howimetmybff.com. That's right. And also leave us a review. Those reviews help us out a lot and are one of the best ways to support us. Yes. And if you have a fun story about how you met your BFF, send us an email at info at howimetmybff.com. We would love to hear about it. Definitely. And hey, maybe we'll have you on our next episode. That would be awesome. Until next time. Love ya, BFFs.